Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. How did we get here so fast? How did I get here? Exactly. How the hell pan left? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Like, it... It's funny because we we've been doing this show now. Spoiler alert: next week will be seven years, yeah. um, and every month it's like holy crap, another month. But it just keeps happening. So I don't know if it's like is it this really just does. like the progression of time. Never I think, is the the unceasing progression of time. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of it. Mm, not a fan. No, um, oh no. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are recording here on Tuesday, which that means. Ashley, tonight I'm going back to a show that means a great deal to you and me. Yeah. I'm going to see the national <laughs> tour. And speaking of yeah. Rent, which I just sang a little bit of, of I'm going to see the national Naturally. tour of Pretty Woman, which is starring Adam Pascal as Richard Gere or whatever Solid. that character's name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, Richard um, Gere. It's a show that neither one of us particularly liked, but that's the first time we've ever met in person. As it's we went true. And saw so a matinee of that a few very, years ago. So. Very, hold a, a dear place in my heart as a result. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And vice versa, obviously. Yes, I'm seeing it twice this week between my press tickets and my subscription. So, you know, it's on yeah. the subscription. And that's what I talked about before. Like, if there's shows that like I don't really want to see in New York, but I know I should see, I know they're going to come to Orlando at some point. Yeah. So I'm going to see them. So I don't feel bad about not seeing them in New York. Um, although I did see this one in New York. So either way, I will be seeing that one three times. No, just well, yeah, in total three <laughs> yeah. times. I'm it's also gonna, seeing it's gonna on, be up there in your top shows of amount that you've it's seen. Up there with six, yeah. yeah. Um, coming up on Thursday for the first time ever, I'm going to be seeing a production of La Caja Fall. So I'm very <gasps> excited about that. So very, very excited to see La Caja <laughs> Fall on Thursday. Very exciting, and I cannot yeah. wait to hear your thoughts. Who's in it? I'll get in. It's, or is it local? it's just a local it's just a local okay. production um but i'll get into that here in a minute because it actually ties into our first story but before we get into that don't forget that you can hear all of my thoughts on all of the shows and every episode here on broader radio by heading over to patreon.com slash broader radio broaderreader.com slash patreon now the first story is something that we actually knew was coming because the kennedy center told us it was coming last sure. week and or we earlier this week yes um when they announced the fact that the upcoming Broadway center stage production of Kiss of a Spider Woman had been canceled, presumably because they're going to do a production of it on Broadway in the very near future uh, sometime mm-hmm. next season. They said coming up on Tuesday, they would be announcing a production that would fill that slot running at the Kennedy Center from May 12th through the 21st. And it's a big one. And it's kind of a Beetlejuice reunion all around because they will be doing yeah. a production of Monty Python's Spamalot. First, it's going to be directed and choreographed by Josh Rhodes. No Beetlejuice connection there. But Alex Brightman, Beetlejuice himself, will be playing, will be playing Sir Lancelot. He will be joined by his co-stars from Beetlejuice, Leslie Rodriguez Kritzer as the Lady of the Lake and Rob McClure as the historian. And they will also be joined by the great James Monroe Iglehart, who is becoming a regular at these Broadway Center Stage productions as King Arthur. Um, John Bell will music direct and additional casting will be announced at a later date. The reason I'm connecting this to the Kaja Fall, I have a list, as I probably talked about before, of every best musical. And I try to, I want to see a production of every best musical. I've never seen the Kaja Fall, a best musical. I've never seen Spamalot, a best musical. Oh, very interesting. So it just happens that I'm going to be in New York during the run of Spamalot 
in Washington, D.C. So I'm thinking either I need to make a day trip down or move my schedule around and like fly or get to D.C. and fly from there to Orlando. Tickets will go on sale on Wednesday to Kennedy Center members and then to the general public on Thursday. So I'm thinking that I will probably get a ticket and figure out how to rearrange my travel plans to make sure that I can see Spam a lot. Because with a cast like that, you kind of have to. It's too good of a cast. It's kind of yeah. just like you've left me with no other choice that I'm going to have to figure out on my own how to get to DC in that time, you know, train, are you obviously. A, yeah. Are you a specific Spamalot fan? Like I figure it kind of fits in with the producers of it yeah, all, but I, I really enjoy everything. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Obviously, uh, you know, very on brand. I haven't also seen a production on stage i've seen uh on stage but not in person yeah. performances <laughs> yeah um but yeah i'm i'm very excited about this it's a show that i love a lot and i think the cast is so exciting here definitely worth the trip which i was not planning a trip in may so kind of annoying honestly yeah it's uh, uh very exciting Bring it very up here. fun Bring yeah, it up here but, and confirm you're going to bring it up here before May. So I don't <laughs> have to. I don't think they're going to do that. They're yeah, not gonna, probably they're not. Gonna they're not going to show their hand, I guess. No. But something that we do know will be happening literally at the exact same time in New York, there will be an industry-only reading of a musical adaptation of Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. It'll be happening on May 12th and 13th, the first two days of Spamalot at the Kennedy Center. And... It's got a pretty incredible creative team. It'll be directed yeah. by Tony Award winner Rob Ashford and is being written by MacArthur Genius Grantee and Pulitzer finalist Taylor Mack. Damn right. And music and lyrics by three-time Tony Award winner Jason Robert Brown. Choreography will be done by Tanya Burl and Sarah O'Glebby. This, of course, is just the beginning of the creative team announcements. No cast has been announced uh, for this. But again, as we often talk about, like if they're doing industry readings, this is not something where they're like, hey, this is a thing that we're going to do. This is right. like two months away. That means it's pretty much finished. They probably have a cast that they've already done some sort of workshops with, yeah, you know, probably. behind the scenes. So these are people that have worked on the show and are getting the opportunity to do it in front of an audience for the first time. And a great um, enough casting or creative team, rather, where you know that producers especially are looking at yeah. this very closely, especially with Jason Robert Brown, who is very busy on Broadway at the moment. Yeah, even if nothing ever does very well. Eh. Um, but that's a whole, whole other thing. Whole it's actually already being produced, is it actually being produced by Hal Luftig, who I think just went into bankruptcy, didn't he? So I don't know what that's all about. Don't know. Um, Hal Luftig, Craig Hafner, and Sherry Wright. Um, exciting. Love to see any yeah. new show. I, I didn't read the book or see the movie. No, so I am. I don't, woefully- I don't know much about it woefully unfamiliar with Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil um, as a whole, but I do know it features the late Great Lady Chablis, the Grand Empress of Savannah, and especially Savannah's yes. Club One. So when I saw Taylor Mack's name attached to this, I'm Oh, yeah, they're leaning into the queerness of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen um, or read Judy quote her at least once or twice in interviews before, so that involvement doesn't surprise me at all. Um, and also just because Mac's work is very cross-genre, very diverse in what Judy covers as a performer and a writer. So I think it's a really good fit. Obviously, I'm a Jason Robert Brown fan, too. So I'm very curious to see what this is going to look like. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we will keep an eye on that one as it moves forward, of course. Also on Tuesday, the Olivier Awards announced their nominees for the London theater season that has uh, just wrapped up. I will have obviously have a link to all of the nominees in the show notes, but I will run through some of them here. The most nominated show of the year is something that will obviously warm Grace's heart quite a bit. It was the production of My Neighbor Totoro, Yay. which which she saw along with F during their trip to to London. It received nine total nominations. It was followed by the National Theater's production of Standing at the Sky's Edge, which uh, had eight nominations. It was the most nominated musical as well. Let's run through some of these nominees. Uh, I'll just do like the the productions and then like the lead performers, but obviously there's a lot more than that if you want to check them out. The best new play nominees are for Black Boys Who Have Considered Suicide When the Hue Gets Too Heavy. Patriots, Prima Facie, it's great, isn't it? Prima Facie and To Kill a Mockingbird, Best New Musical, The Band's Visit, Standing at the Sky's Edge, Sylvia and Tammy Faye. Um, best Revival, they just say Best Revival, this is just Best Revival of a Play because there's a musical one. Uh, but Best Revival is The Crucible, Good, Jerusalem, and A Streetcar Named Desire. Best Musical Revival, My good, Fair Lady. Good being the play title, not your commentary yes, that The Crucible correct. is nominated. <laughs> no. Yes, Good played the Harold Pinter <laughs> exactly. Theater. And we'll get back to that with some nom- uh, acting nominations here in a second. Um, but Best Musical Revival is My Fair Lady, Rogers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma, Sister Act, and South Pacific. A lot of Old school classics there, a yeah. couple R and H ones. Huh. Very good. Um, going into the best lead actor and performer categories, best actor in a musical uh, nominees are Alan Moni Aboitzbol for The Band's Visit, Arthur Darvel for Oklahoma, Julian Ovendine for South Pacific, Andrew Reynolds for Tammy Faye. Best actress in a musical, Katie Braben for Tam- Tammy Faye, uh, Anushka Lucas for Oklahoma, Mary Masika for The Band's Visit, and Faith O'Mole for Standing at the Sky's Edge. Best Actress in a Play, obviously, Jodie Comer for Prima Facie, Patsy Farron for A Streetcar Named Desire, Mae Mack for My, My Neighbor Totoro, Janet McTeer for Phaedra, uh, uh, Nicola Walker for The Corn is Green, and Best Actor, Tom Hollander for Patriots, Paul Meskel for A Streetcar Named Desire. Very busy awards season. I was him. just about to say... Um, Rafe Spile for To Kill a Mockingbird, David Tennant for Good. That is also the name of the play and is also a good thing to see David Tennant nominated for anything. And then Giles Torreira for Blues for an Alabama Sky, which I believe Grace also saw. So, uh, again, we will have a link to all of the nominees in there. Um, interesting to see a lot of these are transfers, especially in the musical category. Of shows that yeah. have been in New York going over there. So it'll be interesting then, to see if we have some plays coming back yeah. over this way. And then we got Prima uh, Facie coming over here. That's already, yep. Yeah. What, already on now? its way. Yeah, pretty close. Um, in some other awards news, yesterday the Drama League announced its 2023 special recognition honorees. This will be the 89th annual Drama League Awards. Tony Award winner Andre DeShields will receive the Distinguished Achievement and Musical Theater Award. The Drama Bookshop will be honored with the contribution to the Theater Award. Oh, uh, uh, Yeah, that's nice. Um, Encore's Artistic Director and Public Works founder, Lear de Bessonet, will be honored with the Founders Award for Excellence in Directing. And the annual Gratitude Award will be presented to J.P. Morgan, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase CCO, Darren Odioye, uh, in recognition of his leadership and commitment to the theater industry. Um, 
I'm sure we will talk more about these awards as they get closer, but this year's... Inevitably. <laughs> yeah, annual luncheon ceremony will happen on May 19th. All right, real quick, let's run through last week's Broadway grosses. We saw an increase of one show up to 23 productions on Broadway, as we talked about before. Pretty much every house except for one that is able to be occupied between the spring and summer will have a show in it. So that number will continue to climb in the coming weeks. But overall, grosses dropped 4%. We'll get into reasons why here. It basically went down about um, $1,020,000 to come in at $25,832,430. But attendance ticked up slightly, 4% up to just under 202,000. Um, the biggest uh, decline of the week was one of the reasons why you will see a pretty significant fall in the overall grosses. That is because Funny Girl dropped $949,604. Uh, that is because both Ramin Karamloo and Leah Michelle were on pre-scheduled vacations last week, and even Tova Feldshu only did three performances. So it went from basically $1.9 million to 900,000. So that is a big reason why you will see substantial declines overall. Everything else was mostly flat. Uh, again, though, at the top of the heap was the Phantom of the Opera at $2,588,742, followed by Hamilton at $1.9 million, The Lion King at $1.9 million, but about $10,000K uh, behind, Wicked at one point seven eight, and MJ at one point seven two. The rest of the shows across $1 million in descending order are... Uh, Cursed Child, Moulin Rouge, Aladdin, and Juliet, and Six. That is it. No, not a ton there. Uh, down at the other end of the scale, with our very first preview of Sweeney Todd, it did 260691 bucks. You extrapolate that over eight performances. That is a very, very healthy return. Not that I'm expecting Especially that to do that. Especially when tickets are like $800 a pop. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why it's always going to be a pretty, a, a pretty gosh darn good return. Similarly, Parade in its first four previews, not as doing well as Sweeney Todd was, but did 587,006 bucks. It also, though, Parade and Sweeney Todd in their first weeks of previews were over 100% uh, percent yeah. of attendance. Sweeney Todd Sweeney actually was only. at, yeah, Sweeney Todd was at 100% exactly. Yeah. Parade was 100.44. Also, uh, Bad Cinderella had seven performances in its first week of previews. It did 684,822 bucks. Um, I'm sorry. It was not its first week of previews. I probably, but its first week at seven. Um, we'll have the complete grosses if you want to check those out, but some interesting stuff as we start to run mm-hmm. into the busy season for the spring. Real quick, I'll run through some show and casting announcements. Yesterday, uh, the Moulin Rouge the musical Broadway production announced that original star Ricky Rojas will be turning, will be returning to the role of Santiago along original West End cast member Sophie Carmen Jones, who will make her Broadway debut as Nini. They will be joining the production along with Jojo and Derek Klena on, uh, April 11th. So all four of them will be coming to the pro- uh, production together. They will be starring alongside, uh, Eric Anderson, Andre Ward and David Harris, who are already in the show. Also, Off-Broadway was announced this week that the York Theatre Company has uh, put together a pretty impressive cast for the Off-Broadway production of Vanities that will be running March 21st through April 22nd. The show will star Jade Jones, who made a big splash which that must have been 2021 with the only theater centers beauty and the beast. And then came back and did the show last year, uh, during the holidays as well. This will be their New York stage debut. Um, they will be joined alongside by Broadway alums, Amy Kume, recently of K-pop and Haley Podshun, who has done a bunch of Broadway shows and has been a guest here on Broadway radio in the past. 
And then moving from the theater to the screen, it was announced exclusively by Deadline that Jenna Fisher has joined the ensemble cast of the Paramount Plus movie musical adaptation of the musical adaptation of the movie Mean Girls. <laughs> of the series. Uh, of the book, yeah, actually. Yeah, of the, yeah, that's true, because the movie was an adaptation of yeah. a book. Um, although I don't think it, it's like, I think it was inspired by, because I don't think it's the same story. But either way, it doesn't so. matter. Um she will be playing Katie Heron's mom, Miss Heron, in the in the film. In the musical, the part barely exists. It's like on stage for like two remember. minutes at the very beginning. Okay. She doesn't do anything. She doesn't sing. Obviously, that can be changed for this. Anna Gasteyer sure. played the part in the original film. In much more in the movie. Not a yes. significant amount by any means, no. but still has scenes. <laughs> Plural. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is fun because like this is another NBC sitcom alum yeah, joining exactly. Anna Gasteyer. Or it's I mean taking over the role of Anna yeah. Gasteyer, but with Tina Fey and of course Tim Meadows as well. Um Big Family uh, Reunion under yeah, Lauren Michaels' watchful of eye. Course, but not on NBC or any no, uh, Comcast yeah. related property. <laughs> so the only part of the because if you remember on Broadway um, Carrie Butler and then Jen Samard played all of the, the adult female roles, but only one of them really sang and it was Regina's, uh, mother. So I'm okay. assuming that we're going to get some sort of singing person for this, but I don't know. I mean, I, it could very well still be Amy Poehler who did it in the film. Yeah, so maybe. I would not be opposed to that. Uh, you know, it, you don't have to be a great singer to do that part. So uh, I'll be interested to see what they do and what uh, happens as this starts to move pretty close to, to filming if it hasn't already. Yeah, I think, oh, I think they're about to start. I can't remember. Um, yeah, that's, up, that's in your, that's in, it, that's on your beat more than mine. It, it is on my beat. I don't think they've started yet or they're just starting principal photography. Um, Grace and I just talked about this the other day with the last casting. Right, with yeah. Yeah, how, you know, there's the conversation of if all the original stars are going to return for this, and it's kind of up in the air with money. But I know we discussed that we want them to play all of the parent roles that haven't been cast yet yeah. of any kind. So, unfortunately, I don't they're know. not. But, uh, yeah, they're we'll not, see. but, you know, who I saw Amanda Seyfried. I saw Amanda Seyfried say basically, we are going to be in this movie whether they like it or not. Kind yeah, of they're going to so, show like, up. They're going <laughs> to do it. They're gonna, they'll be they're gonna far be in the background. They just put him in the back of like the um the gym scene where like you have to raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by Regina George, you know, like dude, just Make put him teachers. in there if you have exactly. to. Exactly. There you go. That's fine. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got a fairly ominous, creepy uh, social media video posted by Sonia Friedman Great. Productions. It says, a new Stranger Things story, dot, 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 tomorrow, meaning today, Wednesday, 11 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time, which Ashley and I figured out was 6 a.m. Eastern Time before we started recording. This is about the previously announced stage story based on the Duffer Brothers um, upside down pictures, uh, Stranger Things world that is currently inhabiting every part of Netflix. It is a yeah. it's a new play set within the world and mythology of Stranger Things. We don't it, I don't think it's connected to like the characters necessarily. It's not going to be like a cursed child thing, I don't think, but it very well could be with Sonya Friedman. Um Friedman and Stephen Daldry and Netflix will pr uh, produce. Daldry uh, will obviously uh, do some directing on this production as well. The one thing I will note is in this video, it goes through. There's not a whole lot in there. Just some, you know, pretty evocative images of a house and you know all of the traditional Stranger Things um, 
uh, fonts and all that stuff. But I will say it says coming soon in that traditional font that we're used to from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And the I in coming is a one. So I don't know what that means. Um, but it seems like that's not an, an accident. Yeah, uh, not it is definitely sure. a one compared to an I. So if that turns out to be something, many. just say, yeah, it could be. <laughs> but if that turns out to be something, you heard it here first. Yeah, obviously. They clearly didn't mean for everyone else to spot that. I'm so just saying, I'm did you, you hear it somewhere else? Did you hear it somewhere else first? I haven't because well, I have Well, there you go. You attention. heard it here first. <laughs> so you literally heard it here first. <laughs> I mean, um, it's a good point well made. I can't lie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Real quick. Let's wrap up with a feel good recommendation. And this is something that has we've talked about before, but like this is the first time I've really gotten an opportunity to really kind of fully understand what it was we know that coming up on march 12th all eight episodes of the series adaptation of the christian anderson lopez and robert lopez musical up here will drop on hulu this is a series that is directed by tommy kale and it was uh, written for the screen by steven levinson of course tick tick boom and dear evan hansen and all that stuff um this was, I, I know Betsy Wolf did a, did a, a world premiere production of this out in San Diego, I think, back in like, mm. gosh, 2017, 18, something like that. But it is being adapted for the screen and it is starring the great Mae Whitman and Carlos Valdez, um, one of my favorites from the Flash TV show, but he also was on Broadway in, in once. Um, so they dropped the trailer for this. It's very fun. And it has a great cast in basically each of those two main characters. They meet. It's 1999, but they both are followed by voices in their head. The voices in their head feature some great folks, including Katie Fennerin, John Hodgman, Andrea Burns, and others, Scott Porter. Of, of Friday Night Lights fame. Norm Lewis appears in it. Brian Stokes Mitchell, Michaela Diamond, Aisha Jackson. Uh, so some very, very good folks, uh, involved with this production. Pretty good. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what this is like. I'm too. And, and it's a fun kind of romantic comedy musical series, which are, you know, interesting they can be hit or miss hit or miss yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, when you go from like crazy ex-girlfriend to um zoe's extraordinary playlist like we've seen a number mm. of these recently yeah. and with varying degrees of success but with this kind of creative team tommy kale steven levinson the lopez's in this cast uh i would definitely be watching especially because they drop all yes, eight episodes please. at the same time oh, on the 24th it. so good yeah. can't wait to add another show to my list to never get to it again mando season three <sighs> working on it <laughs> I mean, it just starts. It comes out today. I know, I know, but I'm probably going to end up being behind. Who knows? Yes, you are, because there's like nine shows that I'm telling you you have to watch and you haven't watched them. I mean, that's literally always the case. You make up like 50% of my to-watch spreadsheet at this point. And I don't even watch that much anymore. I know. You don't watch any at all. You usually go, I do. I constantly watch TV, but the problem with me is that I watch TV almost exclusively when I work. Uh, so it has to like be some kind of repeat yeah. or something that's easy to watch. So I can't, like, so like why it took me 800 years to watch Severance. I can't multitask watching yeah. Severance while writing casting notices. It's just not possible. Yeah, I understand so, that. I get that. So Taskmaster for the 700th time instead. There you go. 
Thanks. All right, everybody. That's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Bye.